Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is going on everyone and welcome back to the channel. I hope you're all doing well. Now today I've got for you the start of a brand new series, Kevin in a Big Rig. This is one of the most legendary groups of posts from r slash stories about Kevin, about one man and his struggles with some idiotic colleagues of his. Over the next four or five days, you will see nine total posts across these few episodes, all from part of this series. So without further ado, Let's get in to part one. Kevin violates parole. A few years ago, I was a driver trainer for a large trucking company. Basically, my job was to take newly minted truck drivers and teach them how to handle themselves in the real world. Sometimes it was easy. Other times, it was like teaching a fish to play tennis. One of my students, the Kevin of this story, was so dense he made a lead brick seem like a feather pillow. Not because of his driving, but because he almost got himself and me arrested. Here is the story. Kevin was on my truck for about three weeks. He wasn't the worst student I had. Another Kevin has that honor, but he was far from the best. At week two, we end up stuck in Salt Lake City, Utah after delivering a load. It was a slow time of year and SLC had always been a sparse area for outgoing loads. So I expected to have to wait to leave out. Not a big deal. I needed the downtime. Kevin from out of nowhere started to seem anxious about something. When I ask him why he's so tense, he tells me he needs to get his license changed to his home state. He lived in Louisiana, but his license was from Iowa. The company used a loophole in Iowa state law by granting temporary residency to students to get them a license. After the license was issued, they had 30 days to get it switched to their home states. Not a major issue since management knew the drill and would get us to the student's home state in plenty of time. Dude, Kevin asked, when can we go to Louisiana? I need to get my license changed. He asked this every day for a week, but it wasn't until we were stuck in Salt Lake City that it really seemed to bug him. Look, I've told dispatch you need to get home. They'll work it out. Just relax. He didn't. After three days, we finally get to leave SLC bound for Chicago. It takes a few days and the entire trip, I can tell he's getting more and more nervous. Eventually, he can't talk about anything else except how he needs to get home. He was getting pretty annoying. We make our delivery in Chicago and get another going to Laredo in Texas. Normally, we'd have gone through Houston, Texas, but this happened during the massive floods and I knew that going that way would be a bad idea. Fortunately, I found a way that would avoid the flooding and get Kevin to his hometown. Better still, we'd have enough time for him to get a ride to the DMV, get his license changed and still make delivery in plenty of time. Win, win, win. And Kevin finally seemed relieved. We get to Kevin's hometown on a Sunday afternoon. As he gets ready to leave, I tell him, first thing in the morning, get your butt to the DMV, get your license taken care of and get back here pronto so we can get going. He says, okay, and leaves with his girlfriend while I enjoy some time to myself. The next morning, I give Kevin until 10 a.m. before I start getting impatient. I texted him asking where he was and got no reply. I text again, again, no answer. I call, 
No answer. I tell dispatch, who's asking me when we'll get moving, that Kevin has disappeared. He was supposed to get his license changed over, but I've not heard from him all day. Dispatch tries to call him and they don't have any better luck. Apparently, Kevin has disappeared. By late afternoon, I start getting the feeling this little idiot has bailed on me and wasted my time. This was a common occurrence for new drivers. I tell dispatch that I'll give him until the morning to reach out. If he doesn't, I'll continue on to Laredo on my own. There was still plenty of time and dispatch agreed. Morning came. Kevin was still AWOL and I was out of patience. I sent him one more text telling him I'm leaving without him and I head out. I drive for several hours before taking a mandatory break and I check my messages. To my surprise, Kevin reached out. Hey man, my PO found out I took a job driving and was fuming that I left Louisiana. She told me to get back as soon as possible or she'd have me listed as a fugitive. I called her yesterday on Monday, but she's out of town and told me to wait till she gets back on Wednesday. I am completely shocked. P.O. As in parole officer? Kevin, are you telling me you're on parole and leaving the state without permission? Yeah, I was in jail for selling dope. I got parole for two years. I didn't think it would be a big deal since I was working. Dude, you violated your parole. You'll be lucky if you don't end up back in jail. Well, my PO said she wants to talk about it Wednesday. Yeah, I imagine so. You better get in touch with dispatch and let them know so they can work something out. I end the conversation and continue on to Laredo. I deliver the load and pick up another headed to Atlanta, Georgia. Thursday, I call Kevin to find out what the deal was. He tells me that his PO gave him the okay to keep working. I assume you have some kind of official document that says that? I ask him. Uh... No, she didn't give me one. Then you better get one because there's no way in hell I'm leaving the state with you unless I have something from the state saying it's okay. Uh, why? Because, you idiot, if I carry you across state lines knowing you're violating parole, that makes me an accessory to a felony. I'm not going to jail for your stupidity. Oh, okay, I'll ask her. I tell Kevin when and where to meet me. I tell him that if he disappears again, I'm not coming back to get him. He says he understands. I get to the location when I said I would, and he's nowhere to be seen. I text, no answer. By this point, my patience for this clown is completely gone. And there we go. That sets the precedent for this entire series. Idiocy personified by this Kevin. But that is just the start. I mean, it's not a great start, I will say. Just completely lying about being on parole and then just breaking your parole without permission. I've got to say, this Kevin got extremely lucky that his parole officer let him off with that. I feel like a lot of parole officers would have done much worse, rightfully so. But yeah, there we go. That is the start. Let's get into part two. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Kevin in a Big Rig Part 2 
First day, first Kevin. First of all, a big thank you to everyone who upvoted and commented on my first post in the stories about Kevin subreddit titled Kevin Violates Parole, the one I just read out. I cannot begin to tell you how humbled and honored I am that people have found the tales of an old truck driver interesting. As requested, I've decided to post several of these stories in a series, and I've decided to call the series Kevin's In a Big Rig. And I hope you will enjoy. So then, now for Kevin's In a Big Rig Part 2. First day, first Kevin. The first Kevin I encountered when I became a truck driver was, by far, the absolute worst. To say that he was dumb as a box of hammers would be insulting to the hammers. Even now, six years later, I can scarcely believe the majority of the things this guy did that range from, really, dude, to, oh my god, how can you still be alive being so dumb? The worst part is that I had to share a truck with this guy for nearly three months, including trying to sleep with him driving an £80,000 vehicle without adult supervision. Please keep that in mind as the story progresses. When I met this Kevin, I'll refer to him as FK for first Kevin. I had just completed my six-week training period with my driver trainer after I received my CDL. The standard policy of the company was to pair two drivers who lived relatively close to one another so that both drivers could take home time at the same time. We typically stayed out on the road for weeks, sometimes months at a time, working constantly. Unfortunately for me, first Kevin was the driver that lived closest to me at the time who didn't have a co-driver. So I get paired with him. And the first day, I could feel the stupid vibes pouring off of him. I was born and raised in the southeastern US. And even to me, calling this guy white trash would be an understatement. He bragged about his family being big in the KKK, but he accepted his driver trainer, who was black. Oh my goodness me. But being a new hire and bottom rung of the ladder, I shrugged it off. The first day, first Kevin and I are paired up. We pick up a load going to the LA area. Kevin, thinking that because he has a whopping two weeks more driving experience than I do, says that he should be the one to take the first shift because I don't trust you yet. I should explain, this was not his personal truck, it was owned by the company, and he was not a supervisor of any kind. I didn't care, so I rode shotgun for a bit. As soon as he starts driving, I am immediately grateful for the driver trainer I had. Kevin reminds me of my time at CDL school when I'd be in a truck with four other students and an instructor. Student truck drivers are notorious for being clumsy behind the wheel, but they tend to find their groove while out with a trainer. This Kevin, on the other hand, thought that the bouncing gear changes, excessive revving, and braking so hard that a simple four-way stop feels like landing on an aircraft carrier was the norm. I wasn't very experienced, so I thought nothing about it for long. We get fuel at a nearby truck stop and head west. Once we're on the interstate, I notice that Kevin keeps picking up a spiral-bound notebook, looking at something, then putting it down. He does this every few minutes for about an hour before I ask what he's looking at. He gets this poop-eating grin on his face and hands it to me. It's the route the company sent us. You know, since we're company drivers, we have to follow the company route. Uh, okay, so why do you keep looking at it? The next turnoff is at least 200 miles away. Yeah, but I keep forgetting. Note that Kevin had a perfectly good truck-specific GPS in the truck, and the route was programmed in. You program the GPS, right? I ask. Just follow that. It's telling you the same thing as your notes. He mumbles something about how it's so important that we follow the company route or we get written up, and he was going to do everything right and blah, blah, blah. 
I just let it go. So we're still going down the interstate. Kevin driving and religiously checking his precious notebook every five minutes. It's around rush hour and we were in a fairly large populated area. I start seeing signs of road construction and traffic is beginning to stack up. But Kevin is still looking at his notebook and not slowing down. Traffic is quickly becoming bumper to bumper and Kevin still hasn't seemed to notice. It's then that I see the issue. The two left lanes are closed due to construction. Kevin is driving in the center left lane of a four lane section of interstates. The far left lane is already closed and the center left, the lane we are currently in, is about to close in less than a mile. Kevin, still reading his notebook, drives right up to the point where the orange barrels mark the start of the lane closure. Dude, get over, I tell him and instinctively check the passenger side mirror to check for traffic. It's then that I notice the other semi hauling ass up on our right side. Kevin looks up, sees the barrels, and no signal, no mirror check, just merges right. Whoa, 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 I yell, just as the other truck blows past, rearing down on the air horn. I briefly glimpse at the other driver's face, and he is fuming. Not that I blame him. Kevin looks sheepish and starts mumbling something about idiot drivers. But at the time, I'm still trying to keep from going into full-on heart attack. I stay out front until we clear the construction zone and then climb back in the bunk to get some rest. Emphasis on try. I had to drive the night shift and I knew best than to drive without sleep. His less-than-expert truck handling didn't help matters. A few hours later, I wake up to the sound of air brakes releasing. I hear Kevin yelling he's out of time to drive and I need to take over. I pull my boots on, sign in as the active driver to the truck's electronic log terminal and settle into the driver's seat. It's at that point that I look out through the windshield and see something odd. It's dark, of course, but in the headlights, I see two white lines converging at an angle just ahead of the truck. I look to the left and the dim reflection of emergency flashes light up Kai eye reflectors on a white dash center lane between two solid white right out of way boundary lines. It's pretty obvious that Kevin, in his lack of wisdom, has stopped the truck right at the merging point of a highway on ramp and a major highway. Where the frick are we? I demand. I don't know, but I ran out of hours and this was the only place I could find. That was BS because there was a rest area 10 miles before that that would have been a much better place to stop. Dude, do you have any idea how dangerous this is? Not to mention illegal? Well, I had to stop somewhere. Anyway, I got to pee. He goes to get out of the truck. No the frick you don't, I say, pulling on the seatbelt, releasing the brakes and putting the truck in gear. We are not staying here a second longer. If you have to pee, use a Coke bottle. We're out of here. I get the truck going, thanking God there was no traffic or cops at the time, while Kevin is grumbling about having to pee in a bottle. I don't care because I'm more concerned about not causing an accident or getting a ticket because of this idiot. He can pee in his pants for all I care. He goes straight to the bunk anyway, so I don't have to listen to him. I drive the rest of the night without incident, and he takes over again early the next morning. Now, these incidents may not seem too bad, but bear in mind, this happened on just the first day. I was with this clown for three months and conditions did not improve during that time. So there we go, the scene has been set. And we're gonna be with this Kevin, hearing stories about this Kevin in particular for the rest of the series. But that's gonna do it for episode one, part one and part two there. Seven more parts to come over the next 
three or four days. So make sure that you are subscribed with notifications on so you don't miss any of these parts. Now, my thoughts after just hearing about that, Kevin, your first ever Kevin OP that you've ever had to deal with, your first ever companion in your truck driving role. Goodness me. I mean, imagine having this guy as your colleague and then also imagine him having to drive you clearly being so dangerous and just not safe on the road at all when you're meant to be getting some rest you're meant to be peacefully sleeping ready for your next shift driving a pretty beefy truck right i can't imagine that's easy to drive and then you've got this clown at the wheel how are you ever gonna rest knowing that he has your life in his hands but yeah as i said that is all to come we're gonna see what happens next over the course of the next three or four days so if you're excited to see what happens next drop a like on this one and yeah i'll see you guys all tomorrow when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89 percent off usps and ups make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.